Welcome to The Quad, CCB's sport podcast. I'm Simon Hill, Deputy Head at Christ College, and I'm delighted that you've joined us as we discuss all the latest sports news at the school. We'll cover global sporting issues and also spend time with invited guests, all of whom have specialisms or interest in the world of sport. This is The Quad. Welcome to uh, our fourth episode of The Quad. Um, we're back after uh, after a break for half term and um, lots of sport to catch up on, so uh, we can't wait to uh, to get into in it. I'm joined today by the usual crowd, um, which is brilliant, and we've also got Mr. Thompson here as well, who is our special guest, and we're very delighted to have you along. Thank you for having me, Mr. Thompson, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to some uh, some good questions for you later on as well. Look forward to it. So, um, usual kind of pit stop really about the results for the last two weeks. Um, obviously, we had half term, lovely break, lots of time to rest and recover. Um, and then we bounced back straight away to a really busy week this week. So we're going to spend a bit of time summing up how the pupils have all got on and what your uh, what your week in sport has been. But just before we do that, how's your week in sport been, everybody? What have we been up to? And what to pop it into there. What, what have we been up to this week? Full on. Busy? I mean, yeah, well, we've had two first 15 games this week. One against Brent Hag in the Cup and other against Monmouth uh, on Saturday. How we yeah. in uh, Daily Mail League. So, yeah, two big games for us. So that's been busy. Yeah. yeah. So, Dan, same for you as well. We'll maybe yeah, talk a little yeah. bit about your uh, your weekend in a bit, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Jack, busy week for you? A bit of cross country. In Bracken, it was the fourth and final fixture of the South Powers League. So, that was good. Lots of runners. Brilliant. And so, how about yourself, training-wise? Training has been good. I had another race on Saturday for, for club for Brecon, which is okay. I was running against a lot of older athletes because it was the under under seventeen and under twenty mixed race, but it was a good experience and indoor cross cross country cross country. Yeah, indoors are coming up towards Christmas time. So I'm looking yeah. forward to getting away from the mud back yeah, onto the track. Absolutely, good yeah. stuff. Girls, how about you guys? What have you been up to this week? Busy. Yeah, it's been quite a busy week. Busy week. We've had two hockey matches as well for the first team. Yeah. Against the Cathedral and uh, Wycliffe. Wycliffe. Which are both quite interesting games. Yeah, good. We'll find out a little yeah. bit more about those in a bit. Um, good stuff. Everybody else happy? Let's get into it. So, cross country. And Jack, I might bounce back to you a little bit about the uh, the cross country. This was the, the fourth and final cross country for uh, for Powys County. Yeah, in Bracken. It was, it was good. It was a nice course and... Everyone did really well. We had a nice, there was a medal presentation afterwards, and it was nice to see the Christ Cole team was doing really well. We had the senior girls team; they became county champions. That was really good. Then the senior boys were second only to Monmouth. The junior girls also came third overall, so that was great. Yeah, really good. And I think just to put a bit of context behind how you become county champions, there are four races. Yeah. And in each race, you have to have at least four people. Who, um, who who compete to constitute a team. And I'm really pleased that by the numbers that we were able to put out into all of our fixtures this year. And um, the girls, senior girls team had more than four in every race. Fantastic. And and that was mirrored all the way down throughout throughout the age groups. And so they did really well to become the uh, the best team, if you like, in, in Powys. And the boys, it's a good battle with Monmouth. Yeah. I think and I think with a with a you know a couple more fixtures or if we'd have had you and Joe and Ollie all in all of the other fixtures, I think yeah. it might have been a little bit closer Yeah, um, in that respect. And the junior girls did brilliantly as well. So they we had lots and lots of runners. Um, some really good individual 
performances actually and over the four races they decided to award medals to the six top athletes if you like or the six top in each age group and, and Christ College Brecon did really well it's surprising and again depending on how small we are in comparison so I was really pleased but best senior girl was Lisa um, she came third overall um, that's against all the other girls in, in the county um, Ben McLean uh, ben McLean came sixth. He was the sixth best senior boy. And just to kind of put it again, a bit of context, you have to have completed all four of the races to um, to be included in this uh, in, in this kind of total. Um, bit of a funny story there, however, because they messed the presentation up a little bit. And uh, Ben McLean was awarded fifth, and Matt Price was awarded sixth. Um, but after uh, a judge's review, Matt Price had his medal snatched out of his hand. And he was demoted to seventh. Much to his disgust. He was dis yeah, He was. He was crying. Those tears. I think, he, <laughs> I think he went back, and he was. Uh, he was re really upset. But uh, just a word on that. Actually, um, Matt has completed all of the cross countries. I think ever since he'd been in, in in school, from all the way all the way through, um, and definitely not built like a cross country runner now. But I was really pleased to see that the senior boys have been able to put a team together, and then he re he really enjoyed. Um, staying at the course if you like and that's been a long course since he was in Norway but but congratulations Matt and well done for uh, for a long career in cross country and as a prize he's got to keep his uh, his, his Christ College Brecon vest that uh, that he treasures so much so he can have that. Um, then we've got middle girls uh, Sally Jones came fifth she was the fifth best girl in Paris overall and then Izzy Therese Torrell came sixth she was the best middle girl uh, sixth best middle girl sorry and then junior girls um, we had Cecily Mears. Cecily was fantastic in every race that she did and she, she came second overall um, and then Annabelle Harrell came third overall. So there's some really top performers there and we should be very proud again considering the size of our school in comparison to some of these big schools as well. So right, results and the next section that we're going to talk about are all the results that have happened over the last week. Um, I'm going to throw it out there to the representatives from all the sports to talk about how you all got on. But um, there was unfortunately a, a fixture cancelled. Um, one of our under-8s and under-11s match against Landovery was called off due to the weather really early on last week. But I'm pleased to say we had a full fixture card for, uh, for the rest of the week. So, um, girls, how was the hockey? I know you've had a few fixtures this week. So can we let, let me know how, how, how it's gone, how, how it's been? Um... I played against um, the Sandalf Cathedral School on Thursday. Thursday yeah. um, I think we dominated their half for the majority of the Definitely. game. Definitely. I There's watched it. one really strong player who obviously made it quite difficult for us. But I think we deserved to win. I know you were um, quite far away from the goal that was disallowed in the last minute. Mm. And I couldn't, Eliza, do you want to like elaborate on that? Do you want to elaborate on that? I have no idea. Well, I have a very loose understanding of hockey and umpiring. And I have no idea why that was not given. I don't know if any of you want to elaborate because I thought we'd done it. And we deserved to win that game, definitely. Um, so how, how, why wasn't it given? Because it was quite controversial. Um, well, I had the ball outside the D and I crossed it across to Poppy, who was at the top of the D. And just as she had the ball within her feet, she took a shot of goal, but she didn't realise it hit her foot as it, and before it went to Okay, did it hit the foot then? Yeah. Ah, yeah. right. Yeah. In all fairness though, we did have 
one of those moments. They scored a goal. And yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a goal. Yeah. So they scored. So therefore, they scored and it hit someone else's foot. Is that no, the so Eliza hit the goal in, but no one else on the opposition did, which means it's not a goal. Ah, I see. But he gave it a goal. So again, controversial on both sides. Um, I I couldn't. I I did definitely didn't see it hit her foot. So I knew that if it hits mm. hit someone's foot, obviously. It's a stop play, but I definitely didn't see that. And um, Mrs. Patterson was videoing it next to me, and we were quickly analysing the video. Going, Why wasn't it given? Why wasn't it given? But um, that was in the dying seconds, wasn't it? And I think yeah. it would have been just if we'd have won two one. I think we would have. Uh, we definitely would have deserved that. So the the game on uh, on Thursday, close match, Bell. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Good stuff. And then how about the weekend? What else have you guys had? Can you talk to me about uh, Whitcliffe? We sadly lost two 0 it was a very hard game. We had only one sub, and it's fair to say a lot of the team were injured or not well. Mm-hmm. So we were playing with half a team virtually, and we were playing with a different sort of press. So we were all a bit out of out of it as we didn't know how to really play the same like normal. So. So why did you switch it up then? What was it, what was different? Was it miss trying something new or? On Thursday, our main problem was them breaking our press quite easily through the middle. Mm-hmm. So we tried a new press, and it was starting to work, but it was quite tiring. And with the little subs, it was starting to break down quite yeah. easily. So therefore, if you know, if we are tired, and expect that's the second game of a week as well. And actually, yeah. you were due to play three games this week, but one of them obviously yeah. um, was cancelled as well. So. Um, good fixture though, enjoyable one, because was, that, that's a new fixture on the yeah, fixture card. It was an enjoyable fixture, I think there was some also dodgy reference on that game. <laughs> seems, to be a theme. It seems to be a theme at the moment. But yeah. And um, the seconds, again, it looks like they 2-0, 2-0 loss. Uh, yes. Yeah, so they played just before you, didn't they? Or just after you? Yeah, just after. Um, and anyone, do we know how they got on? Like, was it was a tough game, close I think it was game? quite a good game. There were two people in there who'd never played a hockey match before. Oh, yes, um, of course. So it was very impressive that they step forward brilliant and I think it was also quite similar that there were there are some very strong players that work there yeah and they're a bit bigger school as well and kind of we come back to that again don't we that with numbers just comes that extra depth um, brilliant just to round up a few other results that happened um, with hockey last week so the under 16 girls they drew against RGS Worcester one all and the under 13s and under 12s um, the under 13s beat more uh, lost to Moore Park uh, 3-5 and our under 12 drew with Moore Park 2 all. Um, so good first week back for hockey and I know we're going to review what our fixtures are um, for this week coming up but a uh, great start and good good to be back. Lads, rugby, talk to me through the, uh, the, the review of the week and, and for the seniors especially what, what, kind of, uh, what kind of results have we had? Well those are cracking games, the Brintair game. Mm. Um, Went down there not really know much about them, to be honest. Um, first half wasn't our best performance, Rugby. to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we had to shake them off the first half. And then once the second half started, I have to make Geffen Howells and Geffen, Geffen O'Callaghan and Lewis Howells. Uh, showed game, showed a bit of their magic, yeah, I think. Geffen with his offloads and Lewis with his pace, they both played really well. Brilliant. I think got most of the tries. So. We did know a little bit about them. We know that they drew actually 31 all with Estrelavera, yeah. who we obviously lost to in the cup final last year. I know that's still a bit sore, Dan, so we're sorry about that. But yeah, so we did know a little bit about them. So we knew that they were going to kind of bring a little bit, didn't we? And they, we knew that they were, they were going to be, um, be up for it. And I think that's probably what you faced in the first 15 minutes was yeah. that kind of big, big kind of like, okay, well, we're going to give it our best shot. But 
um, ground them down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't help that we uh we had about what was it a ten fifteen minute warm up. That's yeah. A good point. Because obviously we were we were getting uh they didn't have floodlights to the pitch, so they were very rushed for rushed for kick off. But we got to the ground late. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It was. It's always tricky, <laughs> but going back to our game down at St Edwards as well, you know, yeah. we only had 30 minutes of yeah. warm up there and sometimes, you know, having to get into the moment quite quickly is, uh, is, is, quite, is quite important. Okay, great. And then um, match on Saturday, how did that one go? Oh, very, it was, it was a good performance. It was a very good game against a tough, uh, tough opposition, uh, the Haberdashers. They brought a strong side down with some good, uh, really good individuals, but yeah, it was a testy game, very physical. Uh, it was a great yeah. combat, combative game, wasn't it? A contest, yeah. really good contest. But yeah, we just managed to edge them out and come on top. Right? Yeah, I think so. And I think we left a few tries out there as yeah, well. Um, just to put that into a bit of context, that's the first time that Monmouth um, or Christ College have beaten Monmouth since 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a long, a long time. Uh, there hasn't been the game, obviously, for the last few years because of COVID. Um, but first time that that had been, uh, that had been achieved since 2002. So uh, really good achievement, that one. Um, then just to kind of review a few other scores or results, um, the seconds had a great, uh, a great win against Lupton's firsts on, on Wednesday. They beat them 57-5 and then um, our under-15 boys had a really strong result against Lupton as well and, and winning that game. And the boys, under-14 boys travelled over to Landovery and, and faced a bit of a stiff competition there and, and lost out on that one. And then uh, on the weekend, it was a tough card for, uh, for the youngsters against Monmouth. Monmouth are a huge school in comparison. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we were hoping they were going to bring some, uh, some, some kind of uh, adjusted teams, but it doesn't look like they did uh, for, some of our, uh, for, some, for some of our guys. So um, for all the, uh, all the other fixtures that were played, it was a kind of sterling effort, but um, we, we, kind of, we definitely came off second best against the bigger school there. So countdown time, and we're looking at who has come in at number eight on the sporting countdown voted for by uh, by this panel. Um, thinking back to our last uh, last position and position nine, it was Floyd Mayweather, and in fact I think we're on number seven. It's not number eight. We're on definitely on number seven, and it was Floyd May- Mayweather that came in at number eight. And this person definitely world famous and I think it's probably the most famous sports person in the world and uh, that person coming at number seven is Cristiano Ronaldo so we're going to find out a little bit more about him and, uh, and who he is and what he has achieved so over to you Katie. So he's obviously widely regarded as one of the greatest players of all time he's won five Ballon d'Or awards and four European gold shoes that's the most ever won by a European player he has won 32 trophies in his career, including seven league titles, five UEFA Champions Leagues and the UEFA European Championship. Nice. He is outstanding footballer, isn't he? And um, all of those things that are, that are kind of stacked up there. He, he is arguably the best footballer that's ever lived. Five Ballon d'Ors is, is, is something which is quite notable. Um, Still not as messy. Yeah, well, we could have this argument all day. Oh, but I, I think he is the best footballer. Um, but it is a great debate to have. Uh, he is outstanding. Um, I don't know, lads, if you, uh, if you know a little bit more about him, if you want to say why he's regarded as one of the best. I think it's because he's stayed so consistent for such a long like, period of time, considering he's been playing for, what, years now, and he's obviously, even since his man, early Manchester United days, he's been regarded as the, one of the best prodigy 
prodigies football's ever ever created is yeah. like when you look at football you, you know you just think of Ronaldo really absolutely he's, he's, he's 30 he's 37 yeah he's, he's getting um, he's getting on a bit he is getting but, but he's still performing and, and I think this is where uh, I know there's a, a great article going to be kind of coming out in a in a few days about him and it's quite contentious at the moment about how he's kind of managing his decline some people might might whisper but um, there, there's kind of a lot of lot of kind of publicity about him at the moment, but there's no arguing that he uh, he, he is one of the greatest um, that have ever done it. Yeah, I, I'm, I think he has that longevity and consistency, and and that's proven by the fact that he's moved across Europe and into different teams and has consistently made those teams better. And that's one of the things I think possibly separates him from Messi. Not, I'm not belittling Messi's achievements, but the fact that he's moved between teams and, and always made them better. Uh, and I would include within that, as much as it pains me to say it, you know, he came to, back to Manchester United and made them better. And they were not a good team. And I suppose in that respect, you could argue he didn't have much to do to make them better. Anything would do. But um, that in, in itself, I think, is a measure of, of an impactful sportsman in this case. I think you're right, yeah, Jack. I think he transcends football as well. He's such an iconic figure. He's the most followed person on Instagram. He goes beyond football, really. He's got his own perfume company. He's, he's made millions. <laughs> do you, from do you have? Do you, have you have you bought no, his perfume? I'm not Jack. a personal <laughs> buyer of the Cristiano Ronaldo perfume. But That's a shame. I was hoping you were going to say you're a secret fan and you had uh, <laughs> you had his his cologne there. I might look that up for Christmas actually. Yeah, it's from Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, one. definitely. That's a secret Santa present in the making. You're right though, isn't he? He transcends it. Um, yeah. Girls, boys, old, young, everyone knows who Cristiano Ronaldo is and, and the impact that he, he's had. Um, Annabelle? Um, I was going to say he uh, holds the record for most appearances, goals and assists. And not only that, but he's also one of the very few players to have made over a thousand professional career appearances and has scored over 800 official senior career goals for club and for country. That's crazy, isn't it? And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, how 800 career goals um, for club and country. Uh, and I think, I think that's about 50 more than Messi, actually. Sorry, also, just for the, uh, for the stats there and, uh, and the notebook. So, um, Jack? And that figure is also staggering. We look at currently Erling Haaland, everyone's saying he's much better than Messi, much better than Ronaldo. But if you actually look at the amount of goals Ronaldo scored, it's something like 40-plus that Haaland would have to score for the next... Absolutely. 20 years yeah I saw that stat to meet that goal it's crazy isn't it so Haaland for every for the next 20 years has to score yeah. about 40 goals a season to catch up with him which is arguably impossible yeah absolutely you just think wow he's ne never going to do it someone will records are there to be broken and someone will get but you think he's going down in the record books isn't, for, there, isn't, there, isn't there something there about his uh, his consistency as Ollie said and he, he is well known for his fitness regime and his mm. you know uh, body beautiful in one sense but also that's the desire to be at the top of your game for a length of time. And his injury record, as I understand it, is really impressive that he hasn't spent long periods of time on the sidelines, hence why he scored you know, many goals every yeah. season um, for, for over 20 years. Absolutely. I think, I think you talked about that, that, that image that he, um, he presents and he is very kind of fitness conscientious and, uh, and his diet, I know, is impeccable. And there was that very famous... Uh, kind of um, press conference wasn't there where um, he came in and he sat down and then he moved the bottles of coke out of the way because you know that's not what he wanted to uh, to represent his image and he, he slid over the jug of water 
and then that came and then that's I think that was sending a really important message to, uh, to, to, to football fans really is that you know I am one of the greatest and if you want to be one of the greatest these are the kind of sacrifices that you, you need to make and I'm sure he has made many uh, sacrifices throughout his career um, Eliza do we know anything about where he started his career um, well, as previously mentioned, he has moved a lot through different clubs. Um, he began his senior career with Sporting CP um, before signing with Manchester United in 2003 at a very young age of only 18. Um, he then moved to Real Madrid and Juventus and before returning back to Manchester United. Absolutely. And one thing I quite liked is that I can remember him turning up to uh, Manchester United at 18. And he didn't have it all his own way, actually. He, you know, he was this renegade, this unbelievable... Um, skills and he was he's famous for his a million step overs and I'm sure you've seen lots of videos of him doing his skills and his tricks but actually he was joining a team which was very well established and they were excellent they were they were they were champions and um, and he he didn't have it all his own way and I can remember a very f funny story about Roy Keane um, who was the captain at the time he turned up and anyone who knows Roy Keane he's quite a, uh, a solid proud Irishman abrasive. Oh, great word there an abrasive <laughs> proud Irishman and it doesn't take much um, messing around if you like and he said when, it, when he saw this young lad turn up he just thought oh my god he's not going to last long here no way he'll be in and out of the door within uh, within six months and well the rest is history um, I, I was going to say that there's this famous uh, um, uh, story about um, a number of the United players of that time who were seriously uh, successful who had um, been to see Sir Alex Ferguson when they played Sporting Lisbon and said, sign that boy, because he'd just run rings around them. And they didn't know at the time that that was on the cards, that it was already being worked on. Wow. And they went in, Gary Neville being one, uh, and several other senior players went in and said, we want that guy. Um, and, uh, and, you know, that transfer was already in process. Yeah, awesome. yeah. That's also nice as well to know that the players actually had that impact. Or... I think that was the nature of that team at the mm. time. They were so senior and so successful, they probably had the year of... Uh, yeah, even, good. even a manager of that gravitas. Absolutely. Al, um, he's marketable, isn't he? Yeah, he's one of the world's most marketable and famous athletes. He was ranked the world's highest paid athlete by Forbes in 2016 and 2017, and is the first footballer and the third sportsman to earn one billion US dollars in his career. Wow, he's a billionaire. That's the first footballer to, to kind of achieve that. And through, through sport, obviously his massive wages that he, he must get paid, but the endorsements, um, the level of endorsements. Ollie, I know you and I could talk for a while about if he's better than Messi. Messi might make it into uh, number six or above, but uh, no spoilers, but I don't think he does. Uh, so um, does he deserve it? Is he deserving, maybe not just on his footballing credentials, but the fact that he is the most marketable um, and kind of well-known sports star. Does he deserve to be in our top 10, do you think? I think absolutely. He's um, <clears throat> oh, obviously he's extremely influential, and he's got such a massive influence over um, the whole world. Basically, like there's so many young people who idolise and look up to him that I think there's no way that he couldn't be yeah. in the top ten. I think, and I think all jokes aside, I think Messi could be quite easily there as well, couldn't he? Um, you know, they they they've gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and and uh, maybe we'll we'll agree to disagree, but maybe they're both as good as each other. Right, so Sports Watch, what has been going on in the world of sports? Um, and I'm going to throw it over to you, Katie, about the, uh, the Women's World Cup. Where were you with that? Yeah, so in the Women's Rugby World Cup, England unfortunately lost 31-34 to New Zealand. So England were reduced to 14 women for 65 minutes. 
and were in the lead until the last 10 minutes. But for positive, there were a record-breaking 35,000 spectators, which is really yeah. good for women's rugby absolutely. and sport as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. So, sir, I, I know that you watched um, part of the game as well. I, I certainly did. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I thought, um, as expected with women's rugby, the, the, the quality of play is fantastic. Uh, their phase play is is something that I think junior rugby players can learn from, so, so uh, to see the continuity of play. But it's really inspirational for, for young players. I've got two young female rugby players in my home. I know you've got one in yours, John. Yeah. They watched it. They got up early to watch it, and they watched every minute. And by the time I got back from breakfast duty, they were bouncing off the walls. And uh, I think that's a really important part. Women's rugby is going places and it's taking people with, with it. And that's really, really great news. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was such a close match. And like you said, Katie, they were, they were in the lead until the last 10 minutes. And, and you know, it was so close. Um, they'd had a player sent off for, uh, for a kind of a head-on-head -head collision really early on. Um, New Zealand then went down to 14 men at one point as well and it was it was really close it was back and forth and, and I think we picked it didn't we really early on I said in one of the previous podcasts that I, I can't see past it being uh, a New Zealand England final and then um, we weren't disappointed it was a it was a really really good game and a great advert for the game 35,000 spectators jammed into Eden Park and there would have been a record-breaking number of people watching um, around the world and as you said so definitely it's going places and um Women's rugby in general, I think it will only get stronger and stronger. Have we got an update on the Hockey World Cup bid? Uh, yeah, well, we talked about it a bit last time, um, and it was announced on Thursday that we were unsuccessful um, in our bid to host. Yeah. Um, instead, it's gone to Belgium and the Netherlands. Yeah, frustrating, because I think we kind of talked about how it would ignite the hockey kind of... Um, fraternity if you like here and, and the benefits that we would have had if, if we uh, if we could host that World Cup and uh, a shame that, that they were unsuccessful but um, it is going to Belgium and Netherlands and yeah it's uh, disappointing but you know fingers crossed that we'll we'll have we'll have another crack at that again um, busy weekend in rugby Dan there's lots going on yeah well, there was a lot <laughs> um, quite happy to see the Wales one to be honest mm -hmm. um, being a Welshman myself it was quite nice to see wasn't the most confident going into it, but it was a great win over Argentina, just beat England the week before. Yeah. Um, wasn't expected, I don't think, was oh, it? I, no. I think no. lots of people, lots of spectators and and, uh, and and Welsh rugby fans would have been expecting a loss there. So I'm, I'm sometimes Wales' biggest critic, um, but credit where it's due. They, they came out there and, and came out the blocks firing and, and have answered a few of their critics, actually, and, and, and shut me up, which, uh, which is hard to do at times. Yeah, well, I think I think the main game to focus on was the uh, Italy Australia game twenty eight twenty seven two Italy. Yeah, yeah. that was exciting, wasn't it? And if if we say that sometimes rugby's a bit boring and, and can yeah. get a little bit boring, that certainly was not boring. Yeah. Well, it was I, th a, yeah. I think this year it's quite nice to see what Italy is starting to become mm -hmm. a good team, and mm -hmm. maybe the loss that Wales had in the Six Nations isn't the same as bad. Now. Absolutely, yeah, it's a great way of saying it. They, they've been on a good trend, haven't they, Italy? Yeah, but it's, I think it's quite nice to see. Like if you watched all of the games, they're all very close now. Mm -hmm. like France, South Africa, yeah. France, Australia last weekend is. The Southern Hemisphere rugby, the Northern Hemisphere, Hemisphere rugby, uh, it's closing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely notable. Now it's so tight. It's one of those when you go, oh, I don't know who's going to win this one. Where maybe like five, six years ago, like oh, the All Blacks are going to win this one or South Africa. So I think it's quite nice to see because 
you don't know what to expect now. Yeah, definitely. I, met, I saw Eddie Jones uh, commented that he thinks the All Blacks are there for the taking. Um, and, that, you know, the, the, no, that, that aura has gone, hasn't it? Uh, I think yeah. around the All Black team um, and, and Southern Hemisphere teams. And I think Ireland did a, did a kind of a great job in, in, in breaking that kind of aura. I've seen something quite recently about how the All Blacks manager I think he was quite close to losing his job because they didn't have the win rate that they normally had. Then I, I think some of the commentators were saying like Sam Warburton and how they're so close now, like they never used to be, you don't know. And even though All Blacks could be better than they ever were, the win ratio is so tight now, it's, yeah, yeah. it could go either way. So and you're maybe right. doing a great job, but... It's hard, it's hard, so it's hard to kind of yeah. say, like, you know, you're not winning just like all the other teams did, so we're going to kick you out. Yeah. Everyone else has got so much better, haven't they? Oh. Yeah, I think going back to um, Italy and obviously these Northern Hemisphere uh, nations improving, I think it's really, really good to see uh, the improvements in the, like the, young, uh, the young academies, in, uh, especially in Italy. Uh, they're bringing up so many new prodigies, uh, like Lamaro, for instance, he's the captain of Italy now and he's only 23. And he's one of the best players Italy has ever produced. Yeah. Uh, and players like Capuozzo and um, Garbisi, like they're so young, they're making such a massive impact. Huge impact. Players. And I think where Italy would hang their hat on Parise, wouldn't they? Mm. For, 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 and that seems like have done forever. He's been their only star player and, and kind of carried them an awful lot. As you said, it's starting to spread. Mm. And then they're starting to have maybe five or six now players who, who would probably get into most international rugby teams. Yeah, um, and, and that's where the strength in depth is coming from, for sure. Um, how did uh, England get on? Uh, England won eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, they beat, they beat Japan 52-13. So after the loss to Argentina, I think they had to come back with a bit of a statement, which they did in Japan. Mr. Tom, Mr. Tom, as, as the... Uh, <coughs> Token Englishman here. The only Englishman here? Um, no, I, I watched this one um, with... I've got some some great uh, Japanese folks in our in our school. We sat down and watched it on Saturday evening on delayed watch, and I I thought Japan Japan would offer stiffer resistance, but actually England were a little bit back to their old source. They were playing with a more tempo, and I think if they turned out performance like they did the previous week, they would have been in big trouble. But in the end, uh, it was never they were too strong. Never in doubt, um, Japan couldn't keep the ball for long enough. England's defence was too strong, and their tempo of attack was too too good so they played very well and good. I'm excited about the game against New Zealand yeah that's going to be out. great isn't it yeah. I'm, really, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one as well so Scotland Dan how did they get on oh, well not great to be honest they haven't beat New Zealand for 117 years so I think it was just <laughs> you say, another one you say, that, you say that so kind of <laughs> off the they haven't done it for 107 years they're never going to do it no but I don't I don't think so well it was a lot like the Wales game and our New Zealand played quite close at half time that could have gone both ways but then I think it's that, that All Blacks mentality that they're going 110% for the last minute and they do know sometimes they've got it in the back and their depth of squad bringing on Rico Ioane is unbelievable yeah that's a great bring on one of those players but yeah, it was a 23-31 loss to Scotland it's quite close but then I think New Zealand just took it away like yeah. the Wales game so yeah, they can take some heart in that, can't they? But, but again, as we said, I think, I think uh, New Zealand are there for the take and a lot of coaches feel that. Oh, yeah, like New Zealand, like, we're talking about how they're obviously not, they're not as good as they, they might have been five years ago in the era of like Dan Carter and Richie McCaw, but they are still bringing some really big talents like Arlie Sevilla, 
uh, he has been absolutely unbelievable these last few weeks, uh, especially in his um, performance against Wales. That was absolutely unbelievable. Like, it was just mesmerising to see yeah. how a player can be so skillful. So don't write them off just yet, is it? No, don't write them off. Never write them off. Yeah, that's that's important. The World Cup could be get, get quite interesting next year. I think it will. So I can, anybody, anybody could have it. Yeah. It's all so close. Ireland, they, uh, they kind of... Um, one, I don't think it was as convincing as, and I didn't haven't no. seen this game. This one I haven't watched. Um, I don't think it was that convincing. Dan, did you watch it? Oh no, Fiji had a great start. Try off first, off from first two the minutes, day. I reckon. Yeah, shut the Irish crowds up straight yeah, away, and I, there was a bit of an awe around the stadium. Wasn't much noise. Yeah, we don't expect off the Fijians to do that. I think they're starting to play a bit more like a team and not as um, as they used to do with flying Fijians. Yeah, yeah it's still a bit of it, like their first try. You see that kick and they're playing a bit more smart. And I think it is doing well for them because if you look at them, they've got the size, they've got the power, and with the skill now, they are. They'll be one of those teams for the future. Where you think oh, it's, it's similar to what you were saying earlier that the, the gap is narrowing, the results are tighter. Um, but bear in mind, I think Ireland made thirteen changes from the game the previous week. Yeah, when they beat South Africa. I saw that um, Farrell's up for uh, coach of the uh, <coughs> coach of the year. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised well, sure. if uh, it, it, it kind of went to him because uh, he's done an outstanding job there. So, so great roundup there, guys. Thank you. Um, lots to go. And fixtures this weekend? Is there the internationals this weekend? Um, yes. Is it week off? Yeah. It is. It is this weekend. Yeah. Wales. Uh, Wales. I've got Georgia this weekend. Of course they have. Yeah. Wales, Georgia, New Zealand, England, England, and I, I'm unsure of the other ones. But um, so another weekend of, of rugby coming up, which is uh, which is great. Right. So, I'm pleased to say that Mr. Thompson um, has joined us. And, uh, and Jack, I know you have a few questions that you'd like to, uh, to ask Mr. Thompson about his, uh, his sporting uh, expertise and <laughs> his, his kind of history of sport. I know he's been around here a long time, so uh, over to you, Jack. Yeah, so we're, we're looking forward to getting to know a bit more about your life in sport, opinions on sport, etc. So, kicking it off with question one, what is your favourite sport, simple one? Oh, well, I think my favourite sport has probably changed over my life. I'm not as young as I used to be, but these days, I, I cricket is my thing. Um, probably because it's the only sport I can still just about play, although that's, that's stretching the imagination these days. Um, but, but I do love cricket. I love chatting cricket um, um, and, uh, and, and, the, and, and the camaraderie and the social bit around it, because that is something... That I can very much still uh, get involved with. Could we chat cricket now? Because I've just realised that in our sports roundup we did not talk about England. T twenty. The T twenty mm. World Cup yeah. win. Big day yesterday. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's been on the cards. And England have been the number one T twenty team for a long time. But any T twenty game um, played at any level can go either way on any day. But I did watch um, most of yesterday's game and and. England are that good at the moment that they, they were able to put a stranglehold on that game pretty much from the first ball and that was it was a phenomenal performance mm. particularly as a bowling uh, group they, they, they that Pakistan team is very talented I was about to say they're, they're, they're a great team they're as well, a great they? team they got to the final with, you know with good reason and and um, you know we, we just before the World Cup played five games against uh, Pakistan uh, and it was 3-2 yeah, you know, could have gone. It could have gone either way, but that that just wasn't going to happen. Uh, and you could see from the gameplay, from the bowling, where they're bowling, the level of analysis and the professionalism in those players, and how they approach that game, it, it, 
Ben Stokes is pretty special as well, isn't he? Yeah, but there were some special performances, but just, you know, that, that whole team, Curran was incredible. You got man, man of the tournament as well. Not surprised. Yeah, um, really his figures were, uh, were really, really tremendous. good. Great. Sorry, Jack, to jump on that one, but uh, I think it's important we mention uh, yeah. England, England's win in the, in the Cricket World Cup. Well, question two, this might also link to cricket. Who was your sporting idol growing up? I asked that same question to Mr Hill, and I think he said Ian Botham. He did. I believe. That, so, that he's, he's got a couple of years on me because um, Beefy probably well past his prime by the time I was into cricket. Um, I think um, I can see Annabelle laughing because she thinks, "Wow, this is something I'm not aging well." Uh, Brian Moore, um, uh, England hooker, was probably my sporting idol as a front row player. Um, he's the sort of person who was really. Um, um, you know, visible to me as a as a as a young rugby player, you know, without talent, obviously, as is the case with all my sporting life. But um, yeah, somebody who was was very much in in, in my mind's eye as a as a young person. Um, yeah, Brian Moore, decent chap. And and yeah. I think as an adult now, you know, I can reflect. He's written a, an autobiography, and you still hear from him as a commentator. And he's led a, a challenging life, and. Um, not afraid to, to put some of those challenges out, out there. And, uh, and I think that probably, you know, helps me understand as an adult why he is a, a character who, who I'm interested in and, uh, and I still, um, you know, listen to and observe. Yeah, that's great. So third and final question then. What's your proudest moment of CCB sport? Oh, gosh. You can't say Orchard winning house cups. I could be proud. Happens so regularly. Wow. Um, difficult. Uh, I, um, I have to say, you, 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 it's difficult to, to look past um, the principality visit earlier this year. Um, it was a great day for our school. A great day for those young men, many of whom played, who I have known for um, a long time. And it was lovely for them, but also just brilliant to be with the the kids from Allway and, and year nine, you know, go on the bus ride with them and just just watch them enjoy um, that day out or that afternoon out. It was a really special occasion for our school. Um, and what I hope is, you know, I hope there's that journey that, that other sports can go on, um, whether that's hockey or cricket or, or cross country, those, those major events that can happen and that not just the players can enjoy that journey, but other people in school can enjoy it as well. It was so special. Um, everybody waving flags and really cheering on their team and there's, there's old Braconians there and there's parents there and it's something that the whole community can uh, can invest in. I, I thought it was a very, very special occasion um, for, for all of us. Thank you. That's great. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks, uh, fingers crossed we can do the same this year. Maybe we can uh, get back and that, if we can get to the final, that's not far away. It's on the 8th of um, December. So, okay, that's brilliant. Thank you. And thanks for joining us, Mr. Thompson. Pleasure, Pleasure to be Hope here. to have you back um, very soon as well. Right, just a quick look ahead then to next week's fixtures. Um, girls, what have we got going on? Um, so we're playing Howells on Wednesday. That should be a good match. So hopefully we can get a win because I know all the girls are really keen to, Looking forward to that finally one. get a win. Yeah, that's it. And and get back onto to winning ways. And then the, the juniors have got um, an away trip to uh, Catherine Lady Berkeley, um, just outside Bristol. So um, that'll be a, a long day, but a, but a good fixture. And the junior girls have got a fixture, a block fixture, against um, Land of Cathedral School uh, from year tw under 12, sorry, up to under 15s. And that's, uh, that's next Saturday. 
Um, boys, what's this week looking like with rugby? Um, so we've got our next cup game against Bromerthin, which is at home, who just beat Lanishan to get through to the next stage, which we should have later on this year. And then we have Cathedral, uh, Landaff School on Saturday. Looking forward to that one, Dan? Oh yeah, I will be watching. We'll be watching. Yeah. Uh, supporting the lads on. Mm. I should it. say, I should say, Dan, that you obviously you, you would you would be playing, but um currently just set, set out on concussion protocols. Yeah. Um, which frustrating, but, it but, is frustrating, but but right thing to do after uh, exactly you know, got, got arrested. Uh, treat, treat concussion with with the greatest respect that it that it that it needs. Um and then just on that, last year was a was a frustrating game, wasn't it, against Landon Cathedral School? Yeah, tell me about the, playing in that game as well. I know the, uh, it, was, it was a bit of stalemate, really. It was five all. I think the game ended, and I know a lot of, a lot of the lads being from Cardiff and got a lot of stick for it because they thought we'd absolutely smash up. But I think this year that's what we're gonna do. Good. And then uh, that that kind of card then goes through the school, and um, and Landon Cathedral School will be coming up here to play. All of our age groups, and I know they'll be uh, they'll be really good fixtures. Okay, and that's it. And I look forward to where uh, to seeing all of the results of uh, of these fixtures and, and talking about them next week. And I thank Mr. Thompson once again for joining us, and uh, thank you to everybody else. And uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for having me.